welcome back to the Untapped New York podcast. I'm Michelle Young. And I'm Justin Rivers. And this is our very first show of Take the Five, our new weekly podcast on New York City's weirdest, wackiest, and wildest news and other fun stuff. Each week, we'll kick it off by going into a time machine. Justin, I see here that you actually have an almanac with you. I do. So, Michelle, you know this about me. I am a huge nerd for almanacs of all kinds. Uh, my favorite almanac, hands down, is an almanac of New York City. Uh, I have the 2023 one, obviously, but the 2024 one came out this October. It's amazing. Uh, Susan Gale Johnson, who's the editor, also an amazing nerd like me. So I like to put things into the context of history for the week. So Love that. Yeah. And I mean, I usually affiliate almanacs with Benjamin Franklin. Correct. But we've got a present day Benjamin Franklin, it seems. Yeah. So definitely done in the style of the Farmer's Almanac and Benjamin Franklin. It's a real treat. And uh, I wanted to bring that out to this uh, weekly podcast as well. All right. So what news do we have in the upcoming week? So I chose this really fun fact because I think everybody can resonate from their childhood. Uh, in October 18th of 1985, Nintendo released a limited number of Nintendo Entertainment Systems for sale in uh, New York City only. Only? Yeah, only. Uh, test audiences, American gaming systems like Atari at the time were tanking because they just weren't, you know, good. <laughs> and Americans were turning their backs on video system, video game systems altogether. Uh, but a little known startup at the time, uh, Nintendo of America, rebranded the video game system to include more game and watch inclusions like the light gun from Duck Hunt. Do you remember that gun? Yes, totally. It used to, I used to break the spring every time. It went ding, ding, ding. Um, they quietly launched their product on October 18th, 1985 to select test markets in New York City. And that helped them to create the most popular gaming system of all time. How cool. So that's how we have Super Mario, yeah. Legends of Zelda, mm -hmm. all those games from our childhood. Legend of Zelda came out the year after and it was a huge hit. I lost many evenings of my life to Legend of Zelda. All right, so next let's move on with one of the biggest news stories that happened recently, the big flooding that took place a couple weeks ago. Justin, you are one of the few people in New York City who's greatly attuned to flooding and the rain forecast. I'll let you tell everyone why. Yeah, so pretty much any time it rains heavily uh, in New York, I usually flood in my apartment. So, I know, because I text you every time it rains. I know, and it's very nice of you to check in on me. Uh, and uh, usually I do have some degree of flooding in my apartment, yes. I mean, sometimes it's come from both sides, your front door and your, the back of the apartment. Front and back, yes. That's wild. So how did you fare in the recent storm? Well, it, I did flood, but not as badly as uh, some of my neighbors around me who had a couple of inches of water. Uh, in their basement areas, but um, I also had these sort of makeshift dams that I bought to help, so I think they did, but the flooding was pretty bad in my neighborhood. That is crazy in itself that you had to create a makeshift dam system in your own apartment. Very, very crazy. And where do you live? <laughs> I live in Windsor Terrace, Brooklyn. And didn't you tweet a video that unexpectedly went viral? Yes, I've had a few viral moments this year, and it's always terrifying and exhilarating all at the same time. <laughs> Uh, but the school commute was wild that morning, and I did share a video of an intersection that's just a few blocks away from school. Cars were trying to plow through a few feet of water. Uh, the rain was coming down. Um, and I tweeted that day, just amusing that I had, and um, that neighborhood names in New York City give some sense as to your flooding risk. So, for example, I live in Crown Heights. There was no flooding in the streets that day. The area around my daughter's school at the bottom of Park Slope was terribly flooded. 
I live in Windsor Terrace at the bottom of the terrace, so you can imagine how flooding works there. But uh, what kind of reactions did you get from that? Well, most of it was really positive and creative. A ton of people chimed in talking about their own neighborhood names. Some of my favorites were, I live in Turtle Bay, and I will be looking out for the turtles. <laughs> people asked, I wonder how Flushing is doing. My favorite was a guy who tweeted, I'm in bed with a selfie of him in bed. Yeah, but I bet you got some snarky comments too, right? Yeah, and that just goes with the territory of Twitter. Um, one of the best ones might have been, quote, New Yorker discovers geography, end quote. <laughs> the funny part about all that is one of my areas of expertise is actually flooding. And at Columbia's Architecture School, where I'm a professor, I've been teaching a class on environmentally vulnerable neighborhoods in New York City for almost 10 years. It seemed like for almost everyone, the tweet resonated with them in some way and got them thinking about the city a little differently, which is our goal here at Untap New York. Yeah, and we also ran a great article which came out that day connecting to your video. Yes, so the same person who took the video worked for a company called Floodnet, and they installed live sensors that measure flood depth all around New York City's streets. So right now there are 70 sensors, and there are plans to install 500 more over the next five years. Yeah, and I looked ex at my neighborhood at the time that we were flooding, and it was seemed pretty accurate. How do the sensors work? Yeah, so they are affixed to on-street infrastructure, like parking signs and light poles and utility stuff, and they run on solar power. And to make the measurements, they use ultrasonic wave technology that measures the distance between the sensor and the height of the water below. You can read more about it at untappednewyork.com. Yeah, it's a great article. And speaking of infrastructure... Seems like we've got some big news around that this weekend. Big, huge, historic news, as I would say. Uh, the biggest news for this weekend is probably the closure of the BQE. The Brooklyn Queens Expressway. The Brooklyn Queens Expressway, yes. Uh, they are going to reduce the Queens-bound lanes to zero um, between uh, Atlantic Avenue and the Manhattan Bridge. That's major. Uh, yeah, huge. And Staten Island bound only gets one lane open. And... As people who may live in Brooklyn or New York know that even when all of those lanes are working, it's always a parking lot. So. Yeah, it's always a slow drive. But then you get to see the Manhattan skyline Beautiful and view. Tom Fruin's water tower. So there's there's some pluses to the traffic. Beautiful view. Yeah. And I even walked the promenade yesterday on the, the park deck looking down and it was jammed with traffic. And I was trying to imagine what this weekend coming up would look like. Uh, basically, the DOT is telling everybody to avoid it completely. Just don't try. All right. And so what kind of work are they doing? Uh, so they are cleaning up uh, debris from this summer, but also they have to structurally shore up the cantilever of the BQE because it's kind of like three levels that were created in the 1940s as a Robert Moses initiative. Uh, I was going to say that yeah. it looks... Like very much like a Robert Moses project if you see it from a distance. It was very much the two things that Robert Moses loved the most, highways and parks. So he created a two-level highway and then a park on top of it to preserve the beauty of uh, Brooklyn Heights. Okay, so it means every few decades there's got to be some major structural work that needs to be done. Correct. Uh, cements cracking, checking rebar, the whole thing. And there have been some proposals to either kind of it's not decking, it's already decked, but to conceal that or to remove the BQE entirely, right? There have been many proposals, one of which even included tunneling the okay. whole thing, which would be a very, very large, long and expensive project. 
the DOT doesn't seem to want to do that. Right. Okay. So everyone just, um, maybe just don't drive this weekend. Yeah. Maybe just, you know, take public transportation, stay in Brooklyn, don't leave. (laughs) All right. So speaking of this weekend, what exciting untapped New York events are coming up? Yeah. So for next week, if you are an insider with us on October 18th at noon, we dive into the archives of the Statue of Liberty Ellis Island Foundation to explore the immigrant's journey and find out how familial names evolved uh, in a talk called Immigrant Family Names and How They've Changed, uh, which is a virtual talk available live to all of our global insiders. Cool. And I heard that it's already not, it's, it's not sold out. We don't sell out, but we have a lot of people attending, which is really cool. exciting. Great. People love this topic. Um, on October 20th, our in-person insider and Explorer members will visit the, one of the first buildings designed by noted uh, New York City architect Emery Roth with his great-granddaughter leading the tour, Robin Roth Moyes. Uh, we're getting a tour of the Hotel Belle Claire with her and the general manager, Robert Falco. We'll go to the roof. We're having a drink. It's going to be a lot of fun. That sounds fabulous. Yeah. Uh, if any of you think you are diehard New Yorkers and want to join us as an insider member, we do have a program. Uh, we go to off-limits spaces at least once a week. Go to untappednewyork.com, click on insiders to sign up. But if you don't want to do that, we also have tours running. Uh, highlighted tours for this week include our Secrets of the Brooklyn Bridge and our Secrets of the Lower East Side Tour and Tasting, both on Saturday and on Sunday. You can join our ever-popular Fifth Avenue Gilded Age Mansions tour, along with many others. Awesome. So we'll be back next week with another episode of Take the Five. Woo-hoo. See you later. Awesome. See you next week, guys.